You're listening to a Dallas Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Dallas sports fan experience. And now here comes Sagan with speed. Drop. Radulov. Across. Flickberg shoots. He scores. Welcome back to Chirps and Sellies for episode six. I am Craig Nakagai, joined by Lane Johnson, Amy Warner, and we are again joined by special guest Sarah Hadidi of Stars Nation. How is everyone doing today? Good. How are you? Fantastic. I am ready to yell about hockey today. <laughs> Aren't we all? I mean, Always. There's good, I, you know, I was thinking going into this episode, this may be the episode where I don't yell about Batman being bad, and then I realized, <laughs> no, this isn't it. We're going to keep that streak going. So uh, the first topic we're going to talk about today is going to be hockey culture and how it is a toxic, terrible place that needs to be changed. As uh, many of us know and have seen, Brenda, Brenda, is it Leipzig? Leipzig? Leipzig. If it's German, then it's Leipzig. I mean, I don't know. He's a scumbag. Um, his it doesn't gift, matter. He honestly doesn't, because he's a scumbag and he's a bad person. So um, he he had some of his Instagram messages leaked because his friend allegedly got hacked, showing that he had sent messages about degrading women, some sexist and racist comments. It, it's it's a whole thing. He also admitted to doing cocaine and Molly. It's a it's a ride. I, I mean, if you haven't seen it, you know, maybe you should go see it. Maybe you shouldn't. Depends on you know how you are as a person. But so we're gonna talk about how the NHL should actually address this. So y'all, let y'all start. Whoever wants to go first with uh, give their thoughts on this. I was honestly surprised that the NHL came out as quick as they did uh, yeah. with a statement. Being as the last issue they had, it took them what a day or two to come out with something. They actually used the word misogynistic. Yeah, they did. Yeah, (laughs) that was like that surprised me. On on their main account, they used the word misogynistic. I was like, (laughs) boy. Yeah, that is what we call growth. (laughs) Yeah, it is. All that growth. Yes, growth. Like I am. I was kind of proud of them for actually using. I mean, yeah, we'll that was good to do anything, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's the real question. You've come out, you condemned it, you said, oh, you know, the Capitals said we're looking into this. But at the end of the day, do as do as anyone here really think that anything? I mean, p- partially it already has. I mean, his younger brother uh, got kicked off the University of Man- Manitoba team uh, for his for his comments. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens with Brendan. And this is really what it should be like when something like when something that bad comes out, it does tell you about a person. And then the program, no matter what it is, responding by basically rejecting them the next day. Just clear cut. They didn't gloss over anything. They just said he's done. He's out of here. And they didn't take two weeks to think about it or investigate it. That's the way it should be. It should be that easy every single time. Nothing justifies it. 
So, I mean, speaking of justifying it, let's go ahead and talk about people discussing that the real issue here is that their privacy was breached and that all of us has said have said things that we regret and we would never want those things to be leaked so how dare we have standards yes holding people responsible is the worst possible thing we could do in this country how dare we how dare we ruin their lives for words that they said yes sticks and stones honestly and you know it's not like he is being charged with so there is no rules of evidentiary malfeasance going on here. So it's not like, you know, if you want to argue, well, you know, the person who did this should be charged with a crime. Okay. I don't know that I necessarily disagree with that based on the fact that what they did technically is illegal. It is a violation of privacy. But that doesn't deter the fact that what this guy was saying was bad and trash and that he's a bad person. Like two things can be true at the same time. And I, right. I don't feel like that's something that a lot of the people obviously understand because everyone is very black and white on issues today for whatever reason. And people aren't kind of saying the whole picture. But Craig, it's just locker room talk. I hate that so much. I, ha- I am in new- I'm in a couple of group chats with just guys and we have never said anything like that ever. The only things we will ever say are usually bad about, in our case, usually Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys, because we mostly talk about football. Or, you know, I'm talking bad about Tom Herman. Like, I'm talking bad about coaches, which is what I do on my Twitter anyways. Like, I have, like, these people say, oh, you would want to I don't care. You're going to see me talk about sending funny pictures, complaining about the Texas football program, complaining about the Cowboys, complaining about the Stars. <laughs> like... It's yeah. going to be the same thing you see on my Twitter feed. It's going to be the same. I don't say anything in a private discussion that I wouldn't also say publicly. Absolutely. And, like, you've you've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I mean, you know, I mean, there's some, it's not like he was revealing personal information about, yeah. you know, like, like, like something deep and important he was doing. He was talking about doing treating women terribly. well and also the nhl they do need to take action because he did something that will actually affect the nhl because he was talking about other players families and if you think that's not going to cause issues on the ice you're crazy it will i mean i would love to see him get a beat down and then get kicked out but and watch the refs not do anything about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's that's the one time we'll be like, you know, just just let it happen. Yeah, <laughs> have that five minute replay. You know, that take yeah. your five minutes for the video replay again. That's fine. This is the one time we'll allow it. Yeah. So it, I mean, it does it it affects the NHL, and if you know if they think it doesn't, I really hope they don't come back saying that was a private conversation. Blah blah blah. And they look at it deeper and see all the ramifications of it. So I don't see anyone using that argument against like what happens on the ice because I see I've mostly seen people arguing that they shouldn't be punished 
off the ice, they should be punished on the ice by the people that they talked about. And that's like a pro that's a problem in and of itself. Well, like it's, it's this whole it. it's this whole little boys club over yeah. there just like you I know would like to see he both said happen. <laughs> he said some really bad things about Tanner Pearson's wife. So yeah. Tanner Pearson needs to be allowed to beat him up. I'm like, how about he be held accountable off the ice and if he's yeah. still allowed to play maybe something happens on it because that's his own fault right and it won't be just by pearson it would be the whole team oh, no. <laughs> and that just he, he, honestly, he talked about his own current teammates he talked about tom wilson he did i yes, didn't he see talked that about one. his girlfriend <gasps> and i was like dude you're playing see? a dangerous game at this point okay <laughs> see okay i didn't even see that one that's really that's his team that's not mm -hmm. gonna create any sort of teamwork he when, talked about his line mates you know he his own team is going after him he can't be back on the ice with them he just can't since fans are rooting for tom wilson to take care of him and then a penguin <laughs> are rooting for tom wilson to do something that's positive then that's how you know you messed up dude like, like and confirm <laughs> Honestly. i was like this is the one time i will like openly root for tom wilson but going back to that point about people openly rooting for it to be handled on the ice that is such a toxic masculinity stupidity that is caveman nonsense it oh is. you're a woman you got to go defend her honor no that's not how this works <laughs> It's truly not. Like, we are not, this isn't the medieval times. No one's a bunch of knights riding on horses. You, know what? you, you duel, you joust or anything. Like You just, I was just imagining them, like, literally jousting, but, like, on the ice. <laughs> but still I, with horses. <laughs> honestly, I, I kind of watched that in, like, a, in a, like in a medieval times sort of scenario. <laughs> I would, too. <laughs> like, hey, hey Bettman, you know, here's some ideas for you, because you're bad at marketing. Here's some ideas. Um, but I don't know how y'all how y'all think this is going to work out. I know how we all want it to work out, but I think that how this ends up working out is that the league probably suspends him, or the Capitals waive him, and then he goes and plays in Europe, and we never hear from him, and he doesn't really actually Ideally. get a severe punishment from the standpoint of that he's still going to get to go play hockey somewhere else. He's still mm -hmm. getting to play it. Yes, he's not yeah. in but he's still getting to play the game, and it's just like. That's not that great because it's not like he was making that much anyways because it's not like he is a top name. Like, no one ever heard of Brendan Leipzig before this happened. <laughs> I like, did, but, like, he's obviously not – he's not a top liner. <laughs> no, no. I'm not even sure he's a third liner. <laughs> he's a fourth – he's a French fourth line player. <laughs> so it's like – But – I've also seen multiple people saying getting kicked out of the NHL is too harsh of a punishment, even if he can go play in Russia. Like, he no. still deserves the opportunity to play on an NHL team. And I'm like, no, who's going to want to play with him? <laughs> Knowing I was like, how do any talks, no one's going to want to play with him. No. And I was like, do any of you understand how? consequences actually work like playing in the nhl is a privilege yes. 
Do you know yeah. how many people in the minor leagues would kill for his spot who actually deserve mm-hmm. it? Who also probably play better than him. Yes. 100%. <laughs> like, I, that's really, that's like bottom on the list of concerns. <laughs> he, players yeah. are held accountable for their actions. And I hope that things say. Kind of. But I hope that we find out that there is an actual named player who makes these kind of comments, because I'm sure there is. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm 100% confident that there is a big name hockey player out there. I don't know who. 100%. That, th- that th- thinks it's the same way. Because I firmly believe that when you look at all the, like, all the things that have gone down past this whole past just even year with the with, – um, with the thing that happened to the Rangers player whose name I cannot remember. I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Keandre Miller? Yes. Remember the Rangers Zoom thing that happened that the league was slow to react? Yeah. Uh, didn't uh, Smith Pelly from the Capitals, didn't he go through some racial abuse himself? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. So did P.K. Subban. Yeah, and I'm sure former Dallas. So, Smith, so mean, is J.T. Miller. So has Madison Greenway. Wait, no, not Madison Greenway. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Hard to remember all these names. There's so many times this has happened. It is. Like, I'm just gonna t- take a wild guess and assume that every African American hockey player or minority yeah. hockey player has been Jordan. discriminated against in some way. I wouldn't doubt it. Jordan Greenway, and I was also thinking of Madison Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I mean, it's like until maybe a big name actually gets exposed doing these things, it doesn't seem like the league's actually. Going. I mean, they they this has been going on for years at this point, and openly to where we've known about it, and the league's response has basically been, well, you'll just face. Well, it. look at how this stuff with Austin Matthews is like gets blown over. Absolutely. You know, everybody thinks he's great again. It's okay now. Yep, he's you know, there was. Peoples. And I haven't let go of it. I still, I, I still flip by anything about him real quick. Yeah. But for the most part, that's been forgotten about. And it's just, I don't know. I keep thinking about how I would feel if stuff like that came out about one of our players. I was honestly thinking the same thing. And how devastating it would be and how disappointed it would be because you feel like you know the players, even though you don't. You spend so much time watching them, rooting for them. And now with social media, with Twitter and Instagram, you're even, you know, you, you see more of their lives than just when they're playing a game. You humanize them. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, your boys, you know, the, hey, those are my boys. Yep. And how absolutely devastating it would be to have to like, feel that way about one of our team you know players on our team I was talking with someone yesterday um about what it would be like knowing if someone that you had like looked up to since you were like a little kid had come out and had been known to talk like this about other people like imagine if it was someone like Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin and, like, so many little kids, like, look up to these players. Mm-hmm. That Do y'all feel like if it was a bigger-name player, the it would be, I guess, harder to 
put a punishment on them because they're so well known? Sure. I mean, look at Austin Matthews. He basically got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's a sad fact in all of sports. Not just it's not just exclusive yeah. hockey. It's known in all sports. Like look at the NFL. Oh, you did this horrible thing, but you can get me fifteen sacks a year. Yeah, you're good. I don't care. I don't care what you did. I mean, for God's sakes, Ray Lewis murdered a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was still in the NFL, and he won a Super Bowl. And now he's on TV. Like, uh, you know, I, I think it should be said that all of these things are not exclusive to hockey whatsoever. It is permeated throughout the entire world of sports. It but, is. And it's, you know, it's not just sports either. It's really anytime there's a an institution that creates power levels. Yes. So, you know, you have you know, sports creates it because, you know, of their popularity and that sort of thing. So they have social power. And then you have the military and you have colleges, um, prisons even have it. Any institutions like that, this sort of stuff is just rampant in it because of that power it creates. And um, I've been studying this in my master's courses and there's a general idea out there that if, and not that it's just men that do this, but I think we can all agree that it predominantly comes from men. Yes, 100%. Is that an okay thing to say? I don't want to insult anybody or upset anybody. I mean, if anyone wants to get upset I mean, about it, let them get upset about it because it's, tr- it's the truth. <laughs> I think this so, topic if, is going to upset someone regardless. Yeah, but if they get into like their high school years, their teenage years, and this is normal behavior that they've seen growing up, and this is how they are, mm-hmm. it's too late. Yeah, that's just that's how they're gonna be. And so, like a in Great Britain, they're actually starting programs with kids in elementary school, yeah. you know, to try to because you have to get rid of that culture, it's so ingrained, you have to start at the youngest age. So for hockey, what do we do? We need to start with our youngest players and built into the programs, there could be this kind of teaching and learning going on. And it wouldn't be hard. Well, because if you get them early enough, then they're not going to form the habit. And then it never, then it just, you nip it in the bud right there. Yeah. Yeah. Something that was really concerning to me, obviously reading through a lot of comments yesterday, was seeing guys who coach hockey like advocating advocating for this kind of behavior and saying that it's normal and i'm like you literally coach youth sports yeah like what are you what are you teaching these kids i always find it funny that the youth sports people are the ones who often are readily exposing themselves as bad people while yeah. I noticed that I know. the more professional level coaches are able to hide it for years and years, like Mike Babcock, for example, mm-hmm. um, that the uh, Bill Peters, yeah, Bill Peters, who was the Chicago, wasn't the assistant for the Chicago Blackhawks recently? I can't, I'm horrible with names. Yeah, yeah, he also like he'd been coaching for like 30, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. It's like they know. It's almost like those people know how to play the game. But also, the higher up you go in sports, the higher the level of power they have. And yeah. They, and they feel more, they get more of that, oh, I, I can do anything. 
you can't they feel them. more emboldened. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you give anyone a certain level of importance and power. I mean, you look at the Stanford prison experiment, for example. That's like the prime example. You oh, my gosh. Yeah. Title. Oh, here you go. And then they run right it's yep. a major problem that has to be addressed, not just in sports. Again, I mean, I think we all agree it's, a, it's more of a societal issue, but you got to start somewhere. I mean, yeah. it's a large issue to tackle, but if we start somewhere, we can at least say, "Hey, we're making progress." And then, you know, I mean, sports is so widely entangled in many people's lives that it'll begin to kind of spread naturally throughout. So at least start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm curious as to whether any executives are also, you know, since we're talking about power, any exe- other executives are kind of guilty of this sort of same sort of beliefs or... I mean, look at the current state of the Department of, Pub- of Player Safety. A few of them have advocated for the word I'm thinking of. It's more than just like amping up the physicality of the game. It's like bringing the game back to what it was like in the 70s and 80s. Oh, or it's just close basically that. prison rules. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> games we've been watching are worse, actually. Yeah. I mean, the, the I mean, reason... No. Good. Like, one of them has a clothing line. What was it called? I, I mean, I <laughs> Going since we're about the Department of Player Safety, I, I feel like this whole thing with the reason that we're seeing questionable hits and dirty hits is because the Department of Player Safety is not doing their job, which is a failure on the league and a failure another failure of Gary Bettman, which I could go on and on and on about. I have numerous times, and I will say until the day I die or he's out of office. <laughs> but when players don't feel like they're being protected they're going to do what what's natural. Like, all right, you're not going to protect me or my team. I'm going to take it into my own hands, and I'm going to send a message. Right or wrong, that's how the players – that's how I'm sure some of the players feel because the Department of Player Safety is not doing the thing that's literally their only job, help protect the players, which is also a failure on the NFLPA, obviously, and Donald Beer, considering God knows that the players have been consistently just – bamboozled at every CDA they've ever agreed to, because they don't know how to negotiate to save their lives. I mean, there's so many changes that need to happen in this league, but it, it, you got to start somewhere, and I think changing the culture, I mean, it's not going to happen overnight, obviously. But if we yeah. can start now, at least, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, we'll be like, okay, hey, we've made a significant impact and we've come a long way. Yeah, it'd be nice. Lane, you've been quiet. What do you think? I was just listening to everything. Um, I mean, according to the player safety, like there has been a lot more uh, dirty hits and whatnot. And like Craig said, they they're not doing anything about it. They're not suspending them. So I mean, why why should the players not feel a certain way or whatever? Um, but yeah, I mean, you know. Tie it into the stars. I think someone threw up the stat that, like, since 2017, no one involved in a Dallas Stars game has been suspended by the Department of Player Safety. Nope. Really? No. You're telling me that we haven't had anyone throw some cheap, dirty hits on any of our. Okay. Totally. Believable. Absolutely not. You know, <laughs> Taylor Hall is just such a saint and an angel. <laughs> tell you right uh, now. 
Yeah, you all knew I was going to go with his name first. Yep. Which I, name was that? I didn't Taylor Hall. <laughs> was it one of y'all who asked me if I'd rather have Taylor Hall or Rick Bonus? He does. Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I hate saying it, but I still think I'm going with Taylor Hall. And then I was like, hey, if if we had Taylor Hall, then he can't he can't knee our players anymore. True. That, that's a fair point. Oh yes. George Paris's clothing line is called The Violent Gentleman. Oh good God. Yeah. <laughs> Violent Gentleman Hockey Club. You know, I'm I think with the player safety stuff, I think the hits and stuff, I think it is phasing the it's phasing itself out naturally. Just as players, you know, you don't see the big hulking brutish players now where it's only hard hits. You know, we still there still are some, but it's like it's getting down more to like speed and skill now. And you see the players, like some of the defensive players are like pretty small comparatively speaking to what they used to be. So I think it may still take another 10, 15 years, but I think that's going to naturally phase itself, you know, out. Yeah, I I could see that. I mean, you don't see your Steve Otts, your Ryan Reeves. You know, you don't oh. see those kind of players really anymore. Yeah. Which, it's a rarity. I mean, I, I'm, I'm good with it from the standpoint of that I'm tired of hearing about players having to deal with CTE, having to deal with depression, and all these other various mental illnesses after they play because, as a result of, their, of what they went through, the trauma that their brain literally yeah. goes through playing. But it also feels like you can't completely – it. you know, as long as guys are going to be reckless and throwing dirty hits, you're going to need those kind of guys to kind of defend and step up. But it's yeah, also, but like, a lot of that, that – But it's like a lot of the concussions and stuff aren't – I mean, I wouldn't like to say a lot, but sometimes it's just like stupid, like you fell down and your head hit the eyes, you know. It's not necessarily because there was a huge hit on you. Sure. And I, I so think, I think it's just it's gonna it's a rough sport. And I mean, I feel like just like y'all think hitting is gonna be a part of the game no matter what. It's just gonna be whether they're hard hits or just incidental hits. Yeah. And I mean, it, it should be said. I can't remember if I read this about the NFL or not. But like you don't even have to hit someone that hard for them to get a concussion. Like no, you just no. you can tap somebody and they're gonna get a concussion potentially. So like even if you take away just I mean even if there's just like simple little little checks, like it can still cause some concussion typically. Well, the big issue is is that once you've gotten your first concussion, the odds of you getting another one are heightened by like three it's times. Greater, yeah. yeah. And the younger you are when you get that first one makes a difference too so and you know i have a kid who plays hockey he's 15 and it's i guess two years ago around 13 it started getting noticeably rougher out on the ice you know they're getting to that age there's more testosterone and it there was a huge jump up 
and how rough they were, even though in the house leagues, there's no checking. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely a lot more pushing, shoving, and trying to get away with stuff. So, so I, I just had this thought, and I'm curious. Would, across the board in all the leagues everywhere, would an expansion of rosters potentially have a positive impact on this from the standpoint of that guys aren't going to feel as pressured, like, oh, hey, I've really got to stand out. I've really got to, you know, I've got to lay this big hit. I've got to, you know, show the coach that I won't take anything. Does expanding the rosters, maybe making more spots available, kind of ease back the competition a little bit so guys don't feel as pressured to do reckless things like that? I think it depends because it depends, like, what's their thought process behind that? Making, because if you expand the roster, then are they going to be fighting for ice time at that point? Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's always going to be more people trying to get a spot than there are spots open. Because you can see, you know, when the, um, in training camp, when the, the minor league players come in, they are doing everything they possibly can to get noticed. You know, they're fight, literally fighting for that spot. And the more physical they are, the more noticed they get. I guess the real answer then is that we have, again, go back to changing the culture. You've got to change the right. culture. <laughs> right. Like the coaches, I mean, it, you know, y'all were talking about how the defensemen and stuff getting smaller. If maybe the, the, the coaches change their preference on players, where it's more about, all right, you're skilled, you can get the puck on the net, you can, you know, you've got good poke cook, you've got good skating ability, that could all, oh, you're good, you, you murdered that guy on the boards, yeah, you're in. Yeah, it's crazy how different it is in the ECHL and the AHL games, the amount of fighting and stuff that's going on, and the really hard, hard hits in the boards. It's so much more part of the game is crazy to watch i hope it changes soon because i don't want to see i don't want to lose hockey but you know it kind of feels like there comes a point where it's i think it's going to i think it's going to and i think it would be nice if it happened sooner with a combination of just things evolving that way and then also people in management getting serious about it but i think either way in 20 years it's going to look a lot different I mean, even the NFL's kind of adapted somewhat with their rules. And I don't know if there's a way – I mean, hockey helmets and football helmets are kind of similar, but it'd be nice if we could see a way that they could make the helmets almost safer. Yeah. You know, and maybe make the padding better, you know, more shock absorption, that sort of thing. But I don't know if there's really a way to do that. I'm not. not really, because at the end of the day, no helmet – is going to prevent your brain from being able to rattle around in your head. Right. Yeah. Unless you make it so tight that your skull literally compresses and that's not exactly good. And that's no. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, the helmets aren't actually to prevent concussions. It's to prevent fracture you know, things your skull getting fractured and yeah. your, your face getting messed up. Um but they don't actually really do much for concussions at all. All right. Um, I guess it's time we move on to the next topic we're going to talk about in this episode. 
I think we've gone on about, you know, fire vetmen, start over the NFLPA, change the hockey culture, let's do all of it. Burn everything to gravel start over. <laughs> let's start with firing vetmen. I think that's a good first step. I'm How about fine. let's just get rid of the Department of Player Safety and start over again? That might be another first step. You know what? I I will cast my ballots and I will throw my hand in the ring. I will run for hockey commissioner. You can all vote. Um, Speaking of being hockey commissioner, I put up the uh, the question on Twitter yesterday or today. Uh, if you were the commissioner of the NHL, what would you change to make the game better? You did that today. Either today or yesterday. I mean, I, I think my one of my favorite answers was is kind of more supporting the inclusivity. Inclusivity? Is that a word? I'm going to go with it. It sounds like a word. Uh, in, in hockey, and actually, you know, making hockey is for everyone an actual goal and helping expand the availability of, not just the availability of hockey, but the inclusivity of hockey to where people aren't, you know, having to deal with the Brendan Life sense of the world the other nonsense that the hockey players spout out, you know, like make people actually feel like, hey, this is, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm from Mexico, but I can play hockey. Awesome. You know, I'm from China or I'm from, you know, wherever. Yeah, I was surprised. I did, um, I, I pulled people on Tuesday and asked them, you know, they've been playing around with doing a game in Mexico and what do you think about that? And I was surprised at how many people were like, no, I don't want to go to Mexico. I'd rather go to Europe. I'm like, do you realize <laughs> that the reason they have these games outside of the normal market is for the actual fans in that country to be able to enjoy an NHL caliber game, which they normally don't get to do. It's not to give us a vacation. No. And it's like, you know, I'm like, it's not for you. It's like, why wouldn't you be okay with that? It's right on our border. And just because you don't want to go doesn't mean it's not good for the expansion of hockey. I mean, I know four stars famous who live in Mexico. Like, and I mean, I don't know that many people. So I would imagine that the number is probably much larger. And, and I mean, if there's already a, a fan base down there, yeah, you're gonna be able to attract more people, and oh my god, actually, yeah, more revenue. I mean, what? the stars wouldn't market a night like that unless there was already a pretty big fan base for it. Yeah, I mean, they've got teams going out there. You know, they've got men's teams, they've got women's teams. It, it would be a start. You know, it doesn't have to be an eighteen thousand seat arena to start off it's still gonna pull people in because we're gonna want to see that caliber of a game and it makes more sense to me to do it there than going to europe during the season when you have to deal with a uh, jet lag and stuff well not only that but europe's also pretty much established yeah it's, it's not like you know sure you're gonna get some more fans but really the end goal for the league needs to be like what the nba is doing what the nfl is doing have like the nfl's in europe because there's not Many fans of football, of American football, the NBA is playing in China and playing in China. They're playing all over the globe. The NHL needs to stop thinking so small, and so do the fans of the league if they want the league to grow. Yeah. Which I would hope is what everyone would want, but some people are a little 
are just a little aren't opening their minds enough. Is what I but only white people play in the NHL, Craig. Obviously, privileged white people. <laughs> At that, I mean, you know, it's hard enough. It's hard to get kids into hockey since it's the most expensive sport, arguably, to play to start up on. Yeah. Yep. It's hockey <laughs> and club soccer. Yeah, but at least soccer, I can you know I can get a ball and I can put some boxes yeah. and we can, and we can play soccer. Yeah. You know, hockey, I need to have skates, I need to have a stick, I need to have a puck or a ball. I guess the other people want to play street. Yeah, most places in the south you can't find pucks. Yeah, I mean, so. I mean, Tom's doing a decent job with trying to grow the game but his focus needs to kind of be more on growing his own team a little bit more. Every time you say Tom, I don't know if you mean Tom Gallardi or Tom Holy. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> I, I, I never, I always, every time, like, is it Gallardi? Is it Gallardi? I'm just like, you know what? I don't really like the guy anyway, so I'm just going to call him Tom. <laughs> Takes me a second. And I'm like, wait, that's not it. <laughs> I feel like they need to market the team, not only just the team, but the league as a whole better. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, <laughs> the TV contracts and all that, they need to change it up and get more primetime games, I guess. Kind of, when I was growing up, there was more games on like NBC and ABC every yeah. now and then. Gary Thorne. Okay, but if they're going to do that, it has to be our guys in the booth. Well, I mean, you know, you can have. I think you offer both. I think you offer a national broadcast. You offer the local broadcast. Yeah. I would love to hear Gary Thorne calling a Stars game again because he has the best call of our Stanley Cup win, and no one can debate me on that because I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, deep in the heart of Texas, the stars are shining. That is the best line I have ever heard. Well, that's not the best line. Ever. It's one of the best lines I've ever heard. Like that was absolutely. That was. Just, I'm, I still get chills when I hear his call. Well, the people they're using now for the national. Oh, they're trash. I. They they're don't even know how to garbage. pronounce the names. Yes. For anybody, yeah. and I just you know that's their job. They're or at so least bad. have like a rotating. Uh, broadcast group like don't keep for as far as the national broadcast don't just keep the same guys change it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, like, on NBC, it does rotate, and they're all bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, does it rotate? Is it different ones? Sometimes, I tend to yeah. tune them out, like, big time. Like, I don't listen to them. And that's fair. I, I know a lot Catherine of Tappen's, like, the only good one. She's awesome. Um, all, all, really, all of the female um, broad, not broadcasters, the studio hosts uh, for NBC are really good. Catherine Tappen's good. Rebecca Lowe, for, who does um, EPL coverage for NBCSN, she's amazing. Like they've got some real talent there. It'd be nice if they kind of flushed that out a little more and included more women. But I'm not asking for more diversity, inclusivity in hockey. How dare I? Yeah, but we need we need to keep Pierre. Why? Why? I was joking. <laughs> okay, I couldn't tell if you you told it very well, and I was god to hoping that you were being. Even I knew that was a joke, Craig. <laughs> I mean, you know, you never know. It's people have quarantine brains, so <laughs> that brief moment of insanity happens to all of us. When you okay. first brought up the marketing topic, I immediately thought of the no soap operas here. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 
like where have you been (laughs) all of the marketing ads from this summer were so bad i was like what are y'all even trying to do these these are so stupid trying to make it more boring yes (laughs) people are like but i like soap operas i know but yeah. if you look at all the drama that's actually going on, it's worse than any soap opera you could sit down and watch. <laughs> Absolutely. Dallas Stars has been a soap opera for the past two seasons. Like, <laughs> I mean, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get y'all's opinion on this. Somebody tagged us in a tweet mm. about the off season and some of the moves we should do. Okay, I'm gonna come read it out loud, and then once I finish, y'all can talk about it. Uh, the uh, this off season, the stars should let Perry, Yamark, Sakara, and Polak go. Resign Hintz, Gurry, and possibly Dobby. Sign free agent Evgeny Dadnov, trade Lindell, and a second round pick to Toronto for Nylander. And trade Foxa to Detroit for a second rounder. No. Nobody else? No. No. First of all, Lindell. How and not Foxa either. How dare they speak ill of Roman Polak, a league defenseman? Uh, trademark. You're gonna tell <laughs> you don't trade Esselindel, who is a perpetual yeah. Norris Trophy candidate, in my opinion, and he should be because he is the best defenseman, defensive defenseman on the team. So you I trade mean, Foxa for Nylander, but not Lindell for Lindell. I would here. So yeah. me and Sarah were actually talking about this before the podcast started. Here's who we would trade for William Nylander. <laughs> I would give up. Because Sean Shapiro talked about this, and he proposed the idea of changing Klingberg for Nylander. I'll give you Klingberg, but you're taking Radulov, and I'm taking Tyson Berry. I do that deal every day of the week. You, but you love Klingberg. I love Klingberg, but if you can tell me I can get rid of Alexander Radulov's contract, oh my god, yes, I'm taking that a second. How long is left on that? Um, two years. He's saved through the expansion draft. Yeah, and he has a new movement class, which makes it obviously a little more difficult. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I'm 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 trading Alexander Radulov the first chance I can. <laughs> I can move him. I, he, his, his contract is is too heavy for the level of play we get. I love the guy. He's a passionate guy. But if I can get rid of that contract and I can get a 24 year old forward, oh my He's god! He's producing yes. really well this season. Yes. And I feel like he Tyson better in Dallas because he wouldn't be under that microscope that is the Toronto market and media who will just analyze every time you take a bite. He didn't say no ill words spoken about Tyson Berry. How much longer do you think Pavelski stays in the league? Uh, I think he sees that as contract. So he's yeah. got, what, two or three years left? Uh, two, two years after this. I was trying to think of players that could go after him like once he leaves. He'll be eligible to be – he won't be protected during the expansion draft. I can tell you that. No. So who would you think would be the the players that would be – I mean, obviously the uh, Bishop, probably Dobby, Ben, and Sagan would be the four that I would think would be the, the most protected for can the you, I don't draft. think you can protect both goalies. You can't. You can only protect one goalie, and you're not going to protect Dobby. Well. I hate saying that you're not going to. 
I know it makes me well. It so also sad. depends. But you like could if you attached a no move clause to his contract. Right. I was gonna say then some of them have already to. have no move clauses, yeah. and so you don't even have to worry about them being the ones that go. Like Sagan and uh, Ben already have no move clauses. So does Radulov and Bishop. So we know they're not going. I mean, it, so when is the the expansion draft supposed to start? Twenty twenty one. Yeah. So yeah, it won't be this next season, but the right. It's after the twenty twenty one season. Yeah. So is that? I've I've always wondered: is that part of the regular NHL draft, or is that no. something? It's separate. Something separate. Yeah. Well, I know it's like when they add a team, but I didn't know. They're. It was around the same time frame. Yeah. Because I don't remember when was the last time. 2012, 13. Seven, yeah, the expansion draft happened on my birthday, and that's when Mark Andre Fleury was taken to Vegas, and I cried. Oh yeah, Vegas. Mm. There were a lot of tears shed. He volunteered for that, though. He, I mean, he didn't volunteer. He was just well, he was asked a, if he would be willing to willing win his to, yeah. clause, and he said, sure. Yeah. He's just that kind of guy. He's a team guy. Like, yeah. The guy I think he's, he's done good, though, in Vegas. Guy. I love him. Well, he's he's so funny. I love, <laughs> I love his smile. He also, he also has a fight. Like, he has been in a goalie fight before, which is amazing. I've seen the video. Always love that. For some reason, I could see Bishop being in a goalie fight. Just because he's so tall. <laughs> Bishop has been in a goalie fight. Yeah. Well, that not when he was in the NHL, though, right? Yeah, Wasn't not in the when... NHL. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to break down more of this with the guy. So he wants to let Perry, Yanmark, Sekera, and Polak go. I mean, I, I mean, Okay, outside of Polak, even though he's probably going to go play in the Czech Republic when he's done. As that Stop! I'm sorry, but that's how it's going to go. I'm fine with letting those go, and I don't. I will not miss you. In that I'll, I'll be really sad. I won't be able to tweet my Perry the Platypus gif anymore, but I'll I mean, make the sacrifice. It's fine. <laughs> resign Hintz, Gurry, possibly Dobby. I think you have to resign Dobby. Yes. Standpoint You're an of idiot that, if you don't resign Dobby. No, I don't. I don't know how the rules work on AHL contracts or, or two-way contracts of players in the league for Canada. So I wouldn't want to call up Ottinger just yet, permanently, in mm -hmm. case I wouldn't be able to protect him for some reason. But I don't know how all those rules work. So I wouldn't want to, you know, have to protect him instead of another. Yeah, agent. and that's something they gotta. They've got to start looking at, like, not doing stuff that's gonna cause us to lose people in the expansion draft so that's and now that's like lock that stuff down now i see i don't even decide on a team name yet no well, well they haven't released it, it yeah they haven't released it for some I mean, reason i feel like it's gonna be the kraken or something like that i want it to be the kraken i would be fine with a kraken I don't even remember what the other options were. I think the Seattle Sockeyes is stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be named after a fish. No. I just don't like the mascot options for that. Um, so he also says sign Evgeny Dadnoff. I'm fine with mm -hmm. that as long as it's on a short contract because he is 31. Who? 
Evgeny Dadanov. He plays down in Florida. He's 31, 69 games played, 25 goals, 22 assists. For who's trading him in place of who? No, signing him. No, he'd be a free agent. No, that, he's a oh, USA. just signing him. Oh, okay. Sorry. I mean, if you can get him on a four-year, $80 million deal, I'll do that deal. I'm not. I'm not giving him. I'm not giving him five. Though. I'll give you four. I'm not giving him. Five. Stars already have too many old people. Yeah. Yes. That's why. I'm no counting. more old people. We need to focus on our youth. Too many olds. But you're gonna trade yep. Esther Lindell and a second round pick to Toronto for Nylander. Not only is that no. a bad trade for the Stars. I don't think Toronto could take that deal because I don't think they have cap space. They don't. And they have, let's see. Who I'm is really on? curious to see how this whole this whole thing with Montreal gonna, is going to affect the cap space. It's going to go down or it's going to stay flat. Let's see. On Toronto's UFA list, they have Justin Hole, Jason Spezza, who for some reason wants to keep playing, Kyle Clifford, Cody Cece, Tyson Berry, who is more than likely – not going to be with them next year. Martin Marinson, if that's how you say it. Tyler got it. And a bunch of people I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they're probably, I'm pretty sure they're all AHLers. And then their RFA list is Soupy, um, Travis Dermott, Pontus Aberg, Casimir Kaskasua, and Freddie Gauthier, and then more AHLers. So they have a pretty hefty load to deal with um, this summer. They can't sign anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Essa's getting paid, what, 5.5? Uh, I thought he was in the six. Uh, he signed a 5.8. No, so close. <laughs> like... And I, I would say that Toronto is more likely to take that deal because Lundell is a better defenseman than Klingberg. But, because, I mean, Toronto's already tried the whole, hey, you're a defenseman that's really good at offense, but you're kind of average on defense, so let's go ahead and go with that. They're not going to – they're not – they're not going to – they didn't like Tyson Berry for God's They're not going to like anything. And, yes, I know John is a better player than Tyson, but it's the same sort of player. Something well, I did I, hear that was pretty interesting that came out of Colorado's camp was that. Um, okay, wait. Before you say, wait. <laughs> Do I need to prepare myself? Are they getting rid of someone? Um, they might. There's just like speculation that they might not re-sign Zadorov. Oh, he can go. Oh. <laughs> Rude. I, I was like, them. like, please don't say one of my favorite players. Like who? All of them. Except for Z. Yikes. I don't know. It's, it's not that I don't like him. I think he, I think he creates issues sometimes on the team. Um, I know there have been a couple of times where he's been set down. But for the most part, I really like Colorado's team. Tyson Jost is always like in speculation talks, but 
Yeah. I would love to see one from Colorado. No. I would love Tyson Jost. <laughs> I, okay, here's my, I would love it if we got some Colorado players, but I don't know if they would flourish here because it's so different. They're so fun there. Yeah. And they have personality. And I just worry about people coming here and like being like their souls dying. Well, Tyson Yost is also continually criticized by Avalanche fans. I know. It makes me so sad. Say that again. Tyson Jost is like heavily criticized by Avalanche fans. He is. I. He went through a bad spell, but you know what? So did Tyler Sagan. So, you know. He was a 10th round pick. He should be better. Or maybe y'all should have developed him better. I don't know. Yeah. He never spent any time down in the minors. Yeah. Also, he's so wholesome. Like, leave him alone. I know. (laughs) I do like, uh, I do like him. Obviously, this would never happen, but he is a UFA <laughs> after the season. Miko Rantanen. Oh, no, he, is he? They yeah. just signed him back on. No, Tyson Yost is a free agent. Miko's not, though, right? He is. Uh, are they, still they, just, they just signed him again this summer. They wouldn't have done it for just one year, would they? They did. One year? Yeah. Really? It was a bridge. Oh, man. I don't want to go through that again this summer. That was like huge drama over the summer. Like getting him signed. And yet I would take Nico Rantanen's $9.25 million yeah. contract in a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, so to finish off that guy's free, he also said trading Fox for a second round pick for the Detroit Red Wings. I don't think we would get a second round pick in return. Yeah, you're not getting it. But sure. You're not getting it. He's not worth a second round pick. We can ask <gasps> we can ask the senators. I'm sorry, I like Raddick. He's he's a good guy. He's not worth a second round pick. He's not. And but I like him. It's not all his fault. Yeah. Because, I mean, the coaching staff really hasn't done anything to develop his offensive game. It's like, hey, you're gonna be checking guys and playing defense all the time. Don't worry about scoring. Yeah, that's kind of what happens when <laughs> you put them on a line with Como and Cogliano. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it, I, I, there's two guys who I feel like when they get out of Dallas, because I see them in Dallas, but the issue at working right as Predicata, they are going to be like Valnichushkin. Yeah. Oh wow, they're actually good at offense. Well, that's really. And it's gonna be like, oh well, maybe we should look at our development and our coaching staff. Nah, it's all the players' fault. Now, to be fair, in the case of Alden Hushkin, it was at least fifty percent his fault. Yes. Yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't, but the the development organization also has to take some of the brunt of that blame for what they did not do. Yeah. Oh, man, I am tired. Oh, it's almost like I've been yelling and ranting for probably close to an hour. <laughs> oh, Val Nachushkin. He's doing great in Colorado. I could go on a whole rant about Val Nachushkin. 
I feel like well, speaking of torture, the De- New Jersey Devils, who interestingly enough had already interviewed Gerard, <laughs> who is obviously one of the people that the Stars fans have wanted to sign as our head coach, have interviewed John Stevens, noted assistance coach for the Dallas Stars, and former head coach of the Los Angeles Kings. Anyone, do, what do you think, Blaine? You've been kind of quiet. Do you think that uh, anything's going to happen with Stevens moving to New Jersey? Do you think they're going to lot? And how do you think it impacts the Stars coaching coach? I mean, obviously, if it if they are Gallant, then that throws the Stars' plans of trying to get them. But I don't know who else they would go after at that point. It, they may just be like, oh, we didn't get our guy, so we're just going to keep what we have type of thing. Now, that's not what we want to happen, but that's what I feel would probably happen. And I don't think John Stevens is going to take the job. I think they'll go with Gallant over him, but we could all be surprised and not know. I mean, do you think John Stevens – if they offered John Stevens a job, do you think he'd take it? Oh, yeah. I think if yeah. they offered it to him, he'd take it. But I guess it's a matter of length of contract and money. Obviously, he'd be paid more to be a head coach, but uh, length of contract and whatnot would play a part yeah. in it. I mean, I, I think – I mean, I know you're also a fan of the NFL, but I think if they offered him something similar to, like, what the 49ers did with um, – Kyle Shanahan and uh, John Lynch. Yeah. Them that kind of contract where it's like, hey, we're going to give you five years. We're going to promise you these five years. Take your time. Do this thing right. Let's build a team. Yeah. Do we make promises for coaches in the NHL? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's kind of, it would kind of be something that would be nice to see them kind of do. It would be nice if, like, coaches didn't always feel yeah, that kind of pressure to be perfect all the time if they like, had time to develop and grow. And no one better tell me, why do you do that with Bonus? Because Bonus has had his time and his shot, and he's bad. His record has proven he's bad. Don't act. I guess the biggest question is if Stevens takes a job, who do we get to replace his spot? Do we bring somebody up from the, the uh, Texas Stars, or do we go – Elsewhere, it's, I mean, it's all up in the air, I guess. We're going to raise what, so what does he – what area does he um, coach? Isn't he the power play coach? No, that's bonus. No wonder we're bad at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Uh, I swore Stevens was the power play coach, though. No. no. Bonus took that over. Oh. Okay, well, then the what does he do, Craig? <laughs> uh, I believe – Thought he was. I thought he was doing something with the like the five on five offense or the defense. I can't remember. May look that up. I know I read it, but I can't remember what his specific role was. Uh, that doesn't say either. I, I really can't. But I, I know Bonus said that. Hey, I'm taking over the power play. I'm going to do that. That's just like the defensive head coach who's trying to teach the power play. That's going to go well. Wait, no, I thought that was um, Blackstall. I specifically remember seeing Bonus say he's taking the power play. 
Someone look up the coaching positions and what they do. <laughs> uh, now, bonus runs the floor. Okay, here we go. Uh, where to go? Well, I don't care. Sorry, Dallas Morning News. I don't care. Let me read the article. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, Walsh, man. Uh, bonus runs the forwards, and John Stevens runs the defenseman. Okay. Okay. Why the offense was always getting lucky, and they weren't actually good for that month of February. And in case anyone wants to add me on that, there's the analytics people telling you this case. They know this stuff, so don't add me. Uh, you'll love it. This weekend, Laura and I are talking about um, time on ice and shift deployment. Fantastic. And I already know how that's going to go because I've seen some of her work, and I'm just like, huh, <laughs> no wonder we're bad. I don't fully understand analytics, and I haven't taken the time to understand it, but I, I, can, I know enough. Well, these are my lessons. She's teaching me. So. I, 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 I posted this on Twitter, and I, strung, I believe it's probably going to happen. The New Jersey Devils will hire John Stevens as their head coach. And then the Dallas Stars still won't hire Gerlant. And then we're all going to yell and scream on Twitter about it. And it's going to be a fun time, guys. So do you think they okay, don't hire well, Gerlant and keep bonus? So where's Gerlant going to go, though? I don't know. I mean, you know, the fun the funny thing about this whole thing is that the NHL always has so many openings. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, oh, I, I'm going to get hate for this. And I hate myself for saying it. Let me make sure they have a uh, opening. There were so many different changes this year with coaches. You know, there. Oh, is he actually there? Okay. Um, I was gonna say he could go to Nashville, but apparently they actually hired John Hines as their head coach. He's not. He did. Mind. But I mean, he was it like a hire hire or was it like a? Uh, just it seemed like a hire. Hire. Like he was. Okay. Like, like he is their head coach. Okay. I, I mean, I. The Minnesota Wilds an option. I, I'm on record as saying that I have a bad feeling that the Stars are going to mess this up, and they're not going to, and they're just going to completely mess up everything, and they're just going to keep us <laughs> very on brand. All screaming about it and wondering why Gurionov isn't getting ice time still, and why the Stars are so offensively bad, even though we all know the answer to the question. <laughs> I mean, so do you feel like? We'd keep him regardless what happens with the season. I'm on record of saying that, yes. I would not be shocked. Because, I mean, as I, as I, I think, I can't remember which episode I said this in, but I know I said in the previous episode, this is going to be so condensed, and I'm not sure how much of an actual real training camp team's going to be able to have. Yeah. So, Jim Nill and his conservative, stubborn way is going to be like, well, you know – we don't want to change things up with, you know, another coach in such a short time period, and we want to have consistency in the organization, and blah, 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 blah. The dude needs to understand it's not the 1990s. You're not running the Detroit Red Wings. You need to know what the organization is and how to actually fix it. I'm very passionate about this. Jim Neal's getting on my nerves. And if Jim Neal survives this, Jim Neal's going to survive this if next season is a failure, as, again, I am on record as saying, because the Dallas Stars are not winning the Stanley Cup next year, I will bet money on that happening. Because the smartest organization in the league is going to win the, 
in the kickoff next year. I don't know which organization that is, but I know it's not the Dallas Stars. I just always feel so bad when I get mad at Jim Nill because he's such a nice guy. Oh, absolutely. He's a fantastic person. And like, let me he's be clear just, to he's the He's so nice. I'm not being disrespectful. Oh, no. I just want to make that clear to the Stars marketing department. I am not. <laughs> He does a really good job about like dividing people between the person and their ability. So I tend to just either like people or not like them. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have anything personally wrong with Thomas or Jim Nill. I don't like the job they do for my hockey team. It's that simple. I can like you as I can like people I work with as a person. It doesn't mean I like how they work. Like again, it goes back. There's, there's, yeah. It's not just black and white. Well, my concern is if we do have bonus next year, we have um, a lot of young players who need to be developed and come up and play some games, and I worry about them, their development under him. I was reading something where they were talking about um, Harley and how he plays best when he gets to just get out there and be creative and do his thing. I'm like, oh, God. Creativity? Is that, is that a thing that's allowed? I'm like, that's not... He's not going to be able to do that under the current I mean, system. I wouldn't say they're necessarily not allowed because you see Miro and Klingberg do that pretty frequently. Ben Curry just going off and saying, forget what you want, coach. I'm doing what I want. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, for a young player, I definitely think you would see more restriction. I mean, we, I mean we obviously, saw... Miro's young, but he's proven. Right. I mean, we saw what happened with Kamano and um, how he – I think there was a couple games where he had, like, seven minutes of ice time. Yeah. Like, ouch. I would really like to see what he can do. How do we feel about? I mean, did we see him enough to really be able to say? I mean, I, I think he could be good. I, I I don't know if he's got. Oh, this is gonna sound mean. I don't know if he's gonna be a Yanmar really, really fast. But I don't know about his finishing. That's, <laughs> that's, that's about his what finishing. Oh, like, finishing for goals, like. I, I just is he wonder, going to be a player that has twenty thousand yeah. breakaways and like two goals? Yeah, because I mean, he's gotten he had a lot of opportunities, but he took a while to get to kind of start getting some goals. Now, how much of that is because he's a young player? He's still learning. He's developing. He's adjusting. And it was, I mean, it was his first, you know, time. Absolutely, that's that's a fair defense. I can't argue against that, but I still worry. <laughs> It's like you have to you have to let them play at some point though. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. Yeah. No, I well, know. I'm just saying it's just you have to let them play and settle before you can actually see what they can do. And I just don't I don't know. That's not gonna happen with this coaching staff. Hey, yeah, Kamano's job percentage that. was seven point seven for he got one goal and one assist in twelve games. Yeah, I mean it's a small sample size. Yeah. And I mean, he didn't exactly get premium or quality ice time either. So, no. you know, not all ice time is unfortunately equated equal. And shifts don't yeah. matter. Again, just so we're clear, 
in the most respectful way possible. <laughs> the most ice time he got in one game was 13 minutes and one second, and the lowest amount was five and a half minutes. Out of curiosity, what was the score of that 13 minute game? Let's see. It was August 14th versus Buffalo. Let me look. Oh, God. So that was, that was preseason then. No, we started the season like October 3rd. Oh, I thought you said August. Did I say August? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was probably, was that the 3 nothing or the 4 nothing game? Bears <laughs> against Buffalo twice. So, yeah, we lost. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, it was four nothing. <laughs> so you know, now I mean, obviously this was under Montgomery, so it's a little bit different. But there's an interesting trend that Morgan, uh, who you know, on Twitter, she's like been tracking like all the ice times and stuff and breaking down in the ice chart. It's funny how the young guys' ice time dramatically goes up in blowout losses. Yeah. But then, like, it dramatically drops in close games. Like, significantly so. Like, we're not talking, like, a, like a, a one, two-minute difference. We're talking, like, three, four, five minutes. Yeah, that Minnesota game, we won six to three. He played five and a half minutes. <laughs> game. That was October 29th. Yeah. That was Halloween. That was the Halloween night. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember because I was there. I was like, good God, I'm dressed like a musketeer and we're getting embarrassed on the ice. Someone do something. <laughs> right? <laughs> that game was insane. That was, that was a fun game. My hope was lost and then it was found. <laughs> that was a great game. Oh my God. I was like, how is this happening? <laughs> Well, anyone have any final thoughts before we wrap up the episode? The NHL needs to decide what they want to do. Oh, okay, well, what, what do you think the NHL should do? What do I think they should do? Just cancel uh, it. Just they keep going back and forth over the nonsense. And just help hold the draft when it's scheduled for figure out next season after that. I mean, to me, it, there's no point in risking the player's safety with when the safety department's not even that good any anyway to get back on to rush back on the ice just to have something to do or watch. I mean, yeah, we we as fans want it back, but I mean if it's gonna risk player safety even more because you can't social distance on the ice. Like you just can't. And in any sport, you can't do that. So it's kind of like, why, why risk it when you can just make sure things settle down first and then plan it out, be able to plan it out better. Yeah, well, they were saying that they were going to open up the Stars rinks, the Star Centers on May 18th. Yeah, yeah, so, John Shapiro. yeah. and then, like, beer leagues and stuff were going to be starting yeah. sometime in June. <laughs> How about no? How about we don't do that if we're thinking about needing a place for our players to be practicing? How about? I mean, they probably wouldn't be practicing there. At the Star Center? Well, no, it was, because all the current talk is that they would be going to some like weird location, well, that would, like New Hampshire or 
or they would probably practice in the AAC. Well, there's been so many like scenarios, you know, like if they do a hub city, like is Dallas one of them? Because we have so many star centers. Well, let's not get beer leaguers out there. If it's a possibility that we're going to have be a hub city, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, I I argue that you know, fam like players and their families and not being able to see them being separate from them showing such a big thing. But beyond that, let's not even look at the players. the The people who actually have to help set up the ring, manage the yeah. ring, yeah, people are also going to be kind of at risk and. God help me that I'm actually going to say something nice about referees, but I am. Most <laughs> referees are typically on the older side, like a lot of the coaches. Yeah. That's kind of a dangerous thing. And I know Mike D'Antoni of the NBA and the Houston Rockets recently came out and said, oh, he's not worried. But, I mean, I don't know how you how, – I mean, I don't know if that's a popular opinion amongst all of them. I mean, if you're an older individual, are you really – especially if you're a referee, given how much little you're making – that much you're you're really going to risk it and then risk your family like there's a lot of unforeseen things that are real easy to ignore on the surface that feels like you're putting a lot more people in danger than you used to yeah i just if it were me i would just call this season a wash and start focusing on how to make next season work because it will be different the only, different. the only issue I see with not finishing the season is in regards is it is in regards to the draft because you can't I don't know how you can do uh, I can't think of the word conditional picks yeah and whatnot for teams that need them or that are getting them so I don't know how that would affect the draft but that's the only issue that I see with not fi- with not finishing it. Yeah, but there's also the issue of cap space for next season. Yeah. Because if they just stop it now, it's going to be significantly lower than it was this year, which was already low enough. Um I mean, which would also that's which would also have an effect on free agency as well. But yeah. Which obviously isn't necessarily a good enough reason to just play hockey but i'm sure that's probably a big consideration for a lot of teams yeah oh i'm sure the money is always going to be the number one consideration well, I mean, not like necessarily how... just the money but like how do you keep all of the players you have if you don't have money yeah. to pay them yeah well it'd be rough for some owners who may find themselves in financial spots but you know what it, I'm not saying that you should have been prepared for something like this, but maybe you should be a better businessman and you wouldn't have been affected. I, I don't feel sorry for the majority of them. <laughs> I know some of them don't make a lot as much. They still make more than me, though. Yeah. And, you know, I'm surviving, so. And, oh, no, I'm so sorry that you had to sell your professional hockey. Oh, no, my heart weeps for you. You yeah. still have millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got a million dollars, some ridiculous amount of money. I don't. Again, ownership is a. It's not even. It, I don't even. I don't even think it's a safe to say it's a privilege. I don't know what the word beyond privilege is, but it's that. <laughs> <laughs> like. But um, anyone else have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Nope. 
All right. Well, that is all for this episode of Chirps and Sellies. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to tell us and like and tell all your friends. Um, if you have any questions or comments or want to tell us anything, we are at Chirps in Sellies. That is Chirps, the letter N, Sellies on Twitter. Um, if you want to yell at me and tell me that I'm wrong and you think Essa should be traded, then you can. It is at only Craig, and then I will block you in five seconds. So, <laughs> but by all means, please do because I love blocking people because that's just fun. <laughs> it's not fair if you're the only one who gets to yell. I mean, if they want you want to drop your at, go ahead. People can yell at you too. You don't have to just yell at me. <laughs> no, I've already told everybody if you want to yell, contact Craig. I'm, I'm here for it. I will, I will discuss things, but not I will, yell. I will read your tweet, I will respond to you, and then I'll block you. I'm at least going to give you the honor of letting you know that I read it. Oh, I won't even do that. I'll just mute you, and you can yell into the void. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, res- I kind of I do that too sometimes, but it's also fun to, like, like yeah, I don't like you, block. And then I just hope to make another account to harass me. And that way I'm like, you're wasting your time, loser. I win. <laughs> well, I'm not with All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Yeah.